Hello, and welcome to Rhythms of Grace. I'm Christine, and I'm here with Nate. Good morning. Good afternoon. Dang it, I did it again. Uh, <laughs> it's still morning, actually, now. Yeah. But somebody could be listening at any time. Okay. But we are here in the morning. That's so true. Good morning, it's the everyone. morning for us. Yeah. Happy dusk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so we are picking up where we left off last week, uh, talking about, um, roles. So yeah, I guess, Sung, can you walk us through what, where we're diving in from? Yeah. So we were talking about, um, both, the, the, the paradox of dependence and independence and interdependence. And then from there, we kind of went off talking about roles and h- how you depend on each other for different responsibilities. And today we're going to talk about that, kind of carrying that same theme into the area of money, sex, maybe parenting, and whatever else comes to mind today. Mm. So did you, I mean, if we're talking about roles, did you guys grow up with sort of traditional gender roles uh, um, demonstrated by your parents? I would say yes. I mean, Mm. my parents are Asian, so very typical boomer uh, and Asian Eastern traditional kind of gender roles. So... My dad didn't cook or clean. Okay. In fact, I remember uh, early on in our marriage when, um, yeah, this was before we even had kids, my parents visited and after dinner, I was helping Amy do the dishes and my dad was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm helping, it's called helping my wife. Oh, <laughs> and uh, in that sense, there was actually some reverse mentoring happening happening, and, not, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, he's learned from that and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, no, that's something I should do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How about you, Christine? Yeah, I think um, between my dad and my mom, there was definitely like the traditional, yeah, like, um, you know, mom cooked, cleaned, if discipline needed to happen, uh, and we had to wait for dad to get home, it was going to be, uh, oh, you know, I can't, the it's worst It's so funny threat. that you say that. I remember that, <laughs> yeah. like, wait till your father got home. That was <laughs> yeah. said in my house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, not not at my house. My, my mom would, uh, she, she would uh, express her displeasure to me. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's my mom would would discipline me, uh-huh. and then if it was if it was really really bad, bad. <laughs> then my dad would also. <laughs> you and then, the double, got double yeah, dose, double. yeah. <laughs> and and it was like you know like we did we got spankings as a kid, and that was like you know whatever. And so my mom would spank me, and it was like oh no. But then my dad would get home, yeah. and then that was like okay, this is gonna hurt. <laughs> my mom stopped spanking us when we started laughing. <laughs> That's the same. Yeah. And then it became uh, groundings. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you started laughing? Just like it didn't, it didn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, it really? Like a, it wasn't like a thing. Was yeah. she using like number two pencil? I don't remember. I just remember like sort yeah. of like the finding the entire situation sort of humorous. I, oh, wow. I didn't find it humorous, but my brother, who's a punk... He would say, Christine, if you laugh, then she'll stop spanking you. Oh. And then I didn't. She would just spank me more until finally, like, she'd be like, oh, you think it's, but anyway, but then finally we, we graduated to grounding. Oh, deep dive into spanking. Yeah. Right? Wow. So, <laughs> I know, right? I was going to say, <laughs> anyway. my my dad, man, I, I never laughed. It was, uh, <laughs> he kept graduating to uh, mm. uh, thicker and harder mm. material <laughs> to, to the point where uh, I think the top of the list was a, a golf club. Mm. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the back of my legs. Mm. and the handle of it just whack and and so like i i never laughed and and the height of my like the equivalent of laughing was uh and this was at the height of my anger and rebellion i'd be like that doesn't hurt do it again do it again hit me harder and then he would he would he would he would and then he would just stop (laughs) wow 
Man. That is like a window into some yeah. childhood right there. <laughs> yeah, right? Wow. Yeah. So, uh, traditional gender roles, uh, <laughs> all that to say. Yeah. Yeah. My, I mean, my house was the same. My mom was a stay at home mom for most of my childhood and my mm-hmm. dad worked. Um, yeah, pretty mm-hmm. traditional, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I will say after my parents got divorced, my dad married my stepmom, who is an Enneagram eight, mm-hmm. very independent, you know, n- nurse, professor, you know missionary at various like very much live in live in her own life and then the dynamic definitely changed okay um seeing like oh yeah seeing my dad shift in in kind of his role in the household Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. what are we talking about today roles roles okay yeah yeah Yeah. so uh i mean (laughs) sorry i was just gonna say that i think probably from the outside well for most of our marriage i think we had a amy and i had a pretty sort of um, stereotypical division of labor, but that's sort of changed the older we've gotten. Mm-hmm. And as our seasons of life have changed yeah. um, because she's very, very driven. She's a very, very successful entrepreneur. And we've sort of like just tried to lean into that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's going really well. And so that means that she needs so- someone to like take care of stuff mm-hmm. run everything. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, she, it's interesting because she still sort of like is in charge of like the social calendar mm. Um, but she started doing the finances cause I do a crap job at it. Um, and, uh, and I do like the cooking and I, I mean, again, with our, our life is a little different. There's a mm-hmm. lot more that we're maintaining. So yeah. like I do a lot of the maintenance, mm. um, on the property and the animal mm-hmm. care and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, but we've sort of shifted to a non-traditional setup. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, didn't you have a job in finances? So being a stockbroker is not the same uh, as okay, keeping a budget. Let's just, uh, let's just put it that, that way. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. How about uh song in your household? Is it, is it, yeah. The division of labor, is it pretty traditional roles or how are the roles kind of? Yeah. Like? I mean, Amy has stayed at home since, uh, Elsa was in preschool, which mm. was many years ago and she's homeschooled her kids. And, um, and so, yeah, and she really enjoys it. She enjoys homeschooling. And this was even before uh, COVID. I was, I was going to say Y2K. Mm. Oh, my mm. goodness. <laughs> wow. You're 22 uh, years old. Yeah. I know, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and so like Nate, but in reverse, um, I'm the driven out there. And she, she's kind of the homebody. She, you know, she, she runs our entire household, like mm-hmm. everything from budget and paying bills to, um, you know, uh, um, yeah. Um, just about everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The joke that I always say is that like Amy is the brains of our marriage and I'm like the brawn, like literally, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I'm like, just tell me what you need me to do. And like, I will just get after it. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's not entirely true. Cause I do think sometimes, but <laughs> by and large, like she's the one that's sort of like, Hey, this is what's coming up. And I'm like, all right, just put mm-hmm. it on my list and I'll sort of just mm-hmm. get after Make it. it so she's yeah. the brains. You're the brawn. I yeah. think I, I'm the worker bee. Amy's the queen bee. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I mean, it's like on one hand, it's funny because it's like half a joke, but also it like really works for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's not perfect, yeah. but in a lot of ways, like I'm really happy to just like grind it out. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind uh, sort of keeping track of the sort of the physical maintenance things that need mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah. And it's, you know, um, 
And it's not that she wouldn't be willing to do those, but it's just like we sort of found that I don't mind quite as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious with these roles, like did it take uh, trial and error to kind of oh, like figure it out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, heck yeah. yeah. And there, there were seasons where like it, like it just wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Like when we had, we had um, my daughter, Eva, and then like, a, like 15 months later, we had my son. And then like less than two years after that, we had my mm-hmm. fourth daughter. So we had, those kids were like, boom, boom, boom. So there was this whole- Fourth kid who's a daughter, not fourth daughter. Sorry, yeah, yeah. fourth kid who's a daughter. <laughs> um, so we had this whole stage where she, all she could do was was yeah. like be a mom. Yeah. You know, all these little kids, that was like all that she could do. Mm-hmm. So some of it was sort of circumstantially driven, but some of it was sort of like, I'm sure I've told this story before, but I, I reached a point where I had some space. Actually, I, I started working for a church, but it was like three quarters time. Mm-hmm. And I had some time and I was like, Hey, let me start doing some of the cooking. And, uh, she's going to hate that I tell this story, but, um, uh, she doesn't listen. That's okay. It's, that's right. <laughs> so I would cook like half the week. She would cook half the week. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> There was this one day. I know where this is going. Yeah, there was this one day where she, it was her night twice in a row and she ordered pizza both nights. <laughs> and again, like, um, this is me not being healthy, but that was like super annoying to me because it felt like she was shirking her responsibility. And I've tried to get better about that, but I was really, I was like, so I thought I was really going to get her. And I was like, what, do you just want me to cook all the time? And she, without missing a beat, was like, that'd be great. Let's start doing that. And then she just <laughs> left the room and I was like, oh, dang it. Like she, <laughs> she got me. But again, like we really found that it worked. Mm-hmm. I, I actually love to cook. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't mind it at all. In fact, when I'm preparing a meal, I'll ask her about all these sides and she mm-hmm. through her own lens of like hating to cook is like, we don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need that. Not understanding that for mm-hmm. me, I'm like, what else could we do? It'd be super fun. Mm-hmm. So it works for us, even though, even if she did trick me into it, <laughs> like I said, she's the brains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. So whenever our whenever our life allows it, and there mm-hmm. have been times where it doesn't. Whenever our life allows it, I I just do the cooking mm-hmm. for the most part. And you know, one thing that stands out to me in that story is that it's really annoying when it feels like an unspoken or uncommuted like hated yeah. expectation, or when you don't talk about it. Then yep. it's like, oh well, why why do I always have to cook? Yeah. But then if you have a conversation where it's like, oh, I'm always going to cook. Yep. All of a sudden, it's not a it like constant source of, you know, stress and frustration. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, this is what I get to do every day instead and, of. And I think to your like initial question about like, was it trial and error? I think that is like what we, that's, that's the path that we found. Like the more that we sort of explicitly communicated mm-hmm. those things, the more we saw our roles like defined and actually found sort of increasing happiness mm-hmm. in those roles because mm-hmm. man, like, yeah. Uh, like sort of undefined expectations. Yeah. Are there a recipe for a disaster, mm-hmm. especially yeah. if we're talking about roles in a relationship or in a marriage, it is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, uh, that also, uh, we talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but that also transfers over into parenthood too. Yeah. Right. When, um, yeah, one, one spouse is the, did we talk about this? The caretaker versus the disciplinarian, we may have, we may have mentioned it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I, 
how does it, oh man, this is, I don't know if this, how does it work? Let's start with a safe question. Okay. How did it work in your families of origin mm. before we like lay our own dirty laundry on the table? Mm. How did it start for you? My dad was de- definitely the disciplinarian. Okay. The, the spanker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my mom was kind of like the, the screamer. Okay. Mm. Yeah, the screamer and the spanker. Mm-hmm. And, and oh my, do your parents <laughs> listen to this podcast? <laughs> oh well, I will also say, though, my mom was also the comforter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when she got mad at me, she would scream at me. But when my dad got mad at me, she would comfort me. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. But uh, just the personality wiring I am, I didn't want to receive comfort. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. rebuffed her Okay, oftentimes. Um, just in, in that sense of like, you know, like, oh, I can handle it myself. Just leave me alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that that was um, yeah. My my dad was it was is uh, pretty dr- not, not anymore now that he's retired, but he's he's pretty driven. My mom and, and he drove my mom like pretty hard too, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that that caused some tensions in the relationship and and things like that. But um, yeah, I mean they're still around, still married, and uh, doing well. So 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 how about your how about your family now? Have have you sort of fallen into those yeah. roles as well? Well, um, I, mean, I know your kids are like awesome. So that's because my wife is it. Well, because I will say um, this is a broad generalization, but my my, my wife is both the teacher, uh, I would say, friend, counselor, and um, uh, well, we're both parents. Um, and, and I'm kind of more the, um, uh, the companion to, to, with, to my kids to, uh, to do things together. Okay. You're are you like the fun parent then? I, I am. And sometimes I think Amy doesn't like that. Like <laughs> you, you always go yeah. do fun stuff with yeah. the kids and I got to have this conversation with them. Yeah. And well, and so, I mean, and it's, it is a struggle because I, I want to, ha- I, I, and I do, I do have conversations with like deep conversations with our kids, but Amy has, I'm like, she's just more patient, mm-hmm. right? She's, she's, a, she's more willing to just hang around and allow quantity time to become quality time. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, I'm kind of more on the go. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it'll, actually a lot of conversations happen in the car. Mm-hmm. I'm dropping the kids off at school or we're, you know, driving back and forth from youth group. And we'll, ha- so it's just these small snippets of 10 minute conversations or, or, you know, at, at the same time, we'll be like, Hey, let's, let's go hang out and we'll have an intentional time of talking. Mm-hmm. Whereas for Amy, it, it's like almost like mm-hmm. a daily thing. Yeah. Cause yeah. she's just kind of like, she's a homebody. She just loves hanging out. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. It, it is a discipline too, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's not like she, um, but it's also a joy for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think she really is like, like uh, how bothered do you think she is by the fact that like you do all the fun stuff? Um, <laughs> probably more than I think. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, here's what I'll say, which is I'm not, I'm definitely not the fun parent, <laughs> but yeah. Neither is Amy. <laughs> like she, she's always up for doing stuff. Yeah. But um, but that's different than uh, we, we're. I guess we're, we're neither of us are fun, and we're both fun in different ways. Mm. Like she would always play with the kids, and she mm. will still like play a game, like a board game or something. And that is just not my mm. jam. Although. Mm. 
I am definitely the goofier of the two. Okay. Like I will definitely like try to get like sort of, you know, rolling uh, down a weird path of jokes. Um, but one of the things that I did say to her, especially when our boys were young was like, Hey, you bo- little boys need you to be fun in this way. Mm-hmm. Like you might want to mm-hmm. take them to the park, which is great. Or you might want to like go to the museum awesome but boys need you to tickle them and wrestle with them Mm -hmm. and like be Mm -hmm. very physical and we were just talking about this the other night but for her the shift in parenting levi who was a who was a difficult child was that every day she started like spending time like Mm. he would sit with her on the bed like before nap time and she would just like tickle him like Mm. literally just like physically tickle him until he was like laughing and you know Mm -hmm. so she had to learn to be fun and for me wrestling Mm. with the kids Mm -hmm. was actually pretty natural but she had to learn to be fun in that way Mm -hmm. to connect with the boys And I had to learn to like do stuff. <laughs> I just don't like to play or I'm yeah. sort of like, I'd rather be doing something like right. f- productive is fun for me. Mm-hmm. I it just, it honestly is. Um, so I had to learn to like not always have an agenda yeah. Yeah. in my activity with the kids. No, and that's a struggle for me too. Like a- Amy and both kids love doing puzzles and playing board games. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see the joy in puzzles. Yeah. Like you put it all together and you put it back in the box <laughs> <laughs> and then board games. It's uh, again. And for me, I, I think for my family, it's, it's fun mm. for me. Like I can't turn off my competitive spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> so sometimes it's not fun for, for them, <laughs> Yeah, but oftentimes it's not fun for me because I get stressed because I want to win. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm actually not very competitive at all. So I don't really, I don't find board <laughs> okay. games to be that fun. Mm. Really. I feel like I'm the target audience of board games mm. where I am very competitive, mm. but I also am competitive because I want it to be maximally fun for mm. everyone oh, involved. Interesting. So I like, uh, spe- I, I'm like, calibrating my competitive energy to the room. Mm. Interesting. To try to get as many people do you ever lose on purpose? Um, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I would like to say I don't. I, with my nieces and nephews, never. Mm. I'm like, you've got to shape up. Mm-hmm. If you want to beat me, you've got to beat me for real. Yeah. Sometimes in student ministry, I'm like, okay, I'm, mm. my pastoral responsibility this to this child is. <laughs> um, no, but. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What are we talking about again? <laughs> Rolls. Rolls. That's right. Rolls. That's right. And we started talking about parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. It's interesting because, again, Amy and I, I think we have in some ways sort of an, a non-traditional relationship because we both are the disciplinarians and mm-hmm. both are the comforters mm-hmm. sort of in, in different areas. And, again, like we try to make it – I know this is like the recurring theme, but we try to make it spoken mm-hmm. where – um, we will say to some the, each other, like, do you have the energy to mm. engage mm. with the child right now? Um, if not, I can do it. Or you seem like you're tired. Why don't you let me step in mm-hmm. sort of like tag me in? And that actually, again, works for us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a, a, a part of it's that our children are at an age where most discipline and comfort is verbal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So it's sort of like you just have to have the energy to sort of talk it out. And usually, again, with our kids, usually both discipline and comfort require compassion, which Mm -hmm. takes a ton of energy. And so it's sort of like who has the energy? Yeah, who's able to be most compassionate right now? We're going to like we're sending you in Mm -hmm. and the other person can sort of like Mm -hmm. retreat. Yeah. For a moment. I think we approach it more like who is best equipped to have this conversation with whom. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, and, and the other thing too, that I, I know has shaped us, like Amy grew up with one younger sister. I grew up with one younger brother. And so for me, um, I, I, I definitely wanted a daughter and, um, was happy when us was born, but I, I just, you know, not having a sister, I, and, and just knowing how to wrestle with my brother yeah. and play ball with him. Yeah. Um, really, she ran a lot with uh, our daughter yeah. mm-hmm. in terms of emotional connection. And, and that's still true. And, and not that we don't have anything to talk about, but it's it's like, I mean, they all talk everything from TV shows mm-hmm. to God to everything else. And uh, um, and obviously, we, we all talk about things together. But um, in terms of like that deeper connection uh with with micah it's um yeah it's it's a mix uh because she has the patience to spend to kind of wait around mm-hmm. and, and be there and uh amy will say sometimes uh, and this is totally true um she'll say you know Sung, you're you just kind of swoop in mm. <laughs> and just start engaging in conversation and, and then like you swoop out mm. like and she's trying to teach me like you gotta just be able to just sit around you have mm. sort of like the blitzkrieg method <laughs> of, of relating. i do okay. and, and then so sometimes it's just like and, and for me like um because i do okay if somebody swoops in mm. like if we're in a car and we have a 10 minute ride hey you know and, and just yeah. dive into something mm. for like eight minutes right yeah. and i'll dive into it and um, then you can exit sort of just as quickly yeah, yeah. but then realizing like oh no yeah. one else in the world works that way <laughs> thanks nate <laughs> no no it's true though mm-hmm. um and so there, there's certain styles of even relational connection mm-hmm. um that that and again I, I mean my brother and i are that way we mm-hmm. call each other all the time and then we're like hey you know we'll, we'll just dive right into stuff yeah like no pre, pre-tax or anything just hey how's it none of that it's just like hey we get to the point we go deep and then we're like oh hey i gotta go yeah and then that's and it. then that's it yeah yeah so even the way you communicate again mm-hmm. is shaped by your family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and there are times when that can be like really helpful yeah you know again back to roles like there can be times when it's sort of like hey like our fam my my family operated this way let me sort of like bring that to bear right now yeah um i think the thing that i have when it comes to parenting roles the thing that i have in my favor is that a lot of my a lot of my kids like issues are like from me (laughs) so so for better for worse i can say like it i did Mm. it i did it twice last week in these extended conversations with my kids where i said hey does your mental sort of uh internal message sound like this like mm. boom 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 and mm. they'd be like yes i'd be mm. like okay i've had that do you also sometimes find yourself saying this boom 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 mm. they'd be like oh my gosh yes i'm like okay like i've had that too mm-hmm. let me sort of talk to you about how we navigate that mm-hmm. um so that otherwise i would find myself probably like emotionally ill-equipped to, to have mm-hmm. those deeper conversations with my kids except that i've like hey i've lived it like you don't have to do it the way that i did it but let me at least tell you these are the, the things that I can see you're doing that sound familiar. Mm-hmm. And Amy is the one who sort of has this broad sort of emotional, yeah. you know, sort yeah. of expanse where she can cover a lot of different 
Yeah, I feel like that. that's Amy and I in the sense of uh, our kids, and, and more Micah, our son, and, and Amy, because they're both Enneagram 5s. Uh, when, whenever Micah is wrestling with something, she can relate to him mm-hmm. or, or vice versa in a yeah. way that – and speak to him yeah. in a way. And, and, and then sometimes Amy and I will go out for, uh, out for a walk, and we'll t- be talking about the kids, and, and I'll be like, I have no idea what that feels mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and she's like oh, – or – uh, I'll tell her a conversation that Mike and I have had and then she'll be like, Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I don't even get that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think even in that way too, she, she's equipped in that way to yeah. speak into mm-hmm. things that they're wrestling with. Yeah. yeah. Did Christine, were your parents, um, was one of your parents, the, the comforter versus disciplinarian? Um, yeah, I guess. So my, my mom had to be both. Mm. Um, after the divorce yeah. and she was more equipped for the comforter than the disciplinarian. Okay. Um, got away so, with all sorts of crap. Did you? Uh, well, <laughs> I feel like because of, of my personality, I remember just like, okay, now that my parents like are divorced at my mom's house, like I can't ever get in trouble because mm. I just need to like, Oh man. Cause that's not a role that she naturally fills. And wow, so I was like, I'll a, just not do You were do like a two wrong. from earliest yeah, memory, weren't yeah. you? how do i take Um, care of my mom yeah (laughs) yeah so i was like okay she said a half hour on the tv she's working all day but i will not i'll turn off the tv after half hour Mm. even if she's not home for two hours wow um so but yeah she was definitely more of the comforter okay and then my dad fell more into disciplinary and more naturally um which one do you think you'll be as a potential future parent Probably more comforter. Yeah. I mean, literally, you were literally saying that you're conflict averse before the podcast started. (laughs) Disciplining requires conflict. I hate to break it to you. Yeah. I feel like I, um, I, I do better with like, um, with discipline thinking like, okay, how can we have like, like when they're teenagers, I feel really good about discipline. Yeah. Cause that's like, you know, like having conversations, talking about like, I don't, uh, I'm not easily offended by like, you know, insults. Mm. Um, Cause man, teenagers sometimes say the darndest things. <laughs> the um, darndest. The they do. darndest. Um, but I think, um, yeah, like it, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it's comforting to me to think through like, okay, it doesn't have to be comforter and disciplinary. And like yeah. there can be different mm-hmm. conversations yeah. that, um, one or the other will have an easier time navigating or sometimes it'll be hard for both and we'll just have to engage yeah. best we can. But like knowing that, okay, I don't always have to be the comforter or mm-hmm. I don't always have to. Um, I mean, it'll depend on the relationship, but um, yeah. And I, I, I think it's like a broad brush, but I really think that like it's, at least in my experience, it's important to not have those roles get yeah. isolated right. in an individual mm-hmm. parent. It just seems like, man, I mean, I've, I've said this a lot about parenting, but being on the same page as parents is way more important than having the right parenting yeah. strategy. Yeah. And so like if one person is always bringing down the hammer and the other person is always comforting, that's, I think that's confusing for kids mm-hmm. eventually. And I think that they will very quickly learn to play those two sides off of yeah. each mm-hmm. other to, for their own ends. So it, I think yeah. it is important not to have have those roles get totally divided mm-hmm. yeah yeah i was just thinking about there's a on tv there's always this commercial for this one reality show something about parent parenting like which parenting style is the mm-hmm. best mm-hmm. and uh, I, I remember watching that and i said to amy like that's just you know 
BS. Horse mm-hmm. dookie. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's not about style. Yeah. And, but she's like, oh, but I still want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, so I guess just to say, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know that it's any particular style as much. It's just, I, I think, being intentional, mm-hmm. being aware of kind of your own default and preferences and coming up with a common plan together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like in some ways the like, oh, are you the disciplinarian or the comforter is like, oh, are you the budgeter or the spender, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, hopefully, you, there's not like a budgeter and a spender. That's right. like, hopefully you're both, you know, being mm-hmm. aware of how you're spending money. Yeah, and, even if it is like 60, 40, 70, yeah, 30. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I, I think that that is more realistic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, we said we we're going to talk yeah, about money I, and we haven't. And so we'll just... To kick the can down the road and that's the next episode okay. <laughs> yeah. i mean we so are there other we're talking about like a breakdown of roles and we've mm-hmm. talked sort of about like housework we've talked about parenting are there uh, any other like major um divisions of of labor or roles that that sort of like you wish you had been aware of before you got into <laughs> christine really wants to know uh, there there there's one in particular and this might be just i don't know uh i won't say only us but feels particularly uh early on in our marriage amy planned our vacations oh okay and um and like i remember the one one in particular we were up in boston this before we had kids and she would pick the place what we did each day and then you know a city like boston there you there's a ton of walking right and I, it's just like, oh, like all this, I, I would whine and complain about all the walking that we're doing. And then, um, I don't know at what point, like I took over the planning of our trips and vacations and, um, and we, we learned like, um, or she learned like, oh yeah, let, let Sung do all the planning. Cause <laughs> then he doesn't whine and complain. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a lot of issues there, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um. Yeah, and she she doesn't mind going along with whatever the plan is as long as I'm like, hey, this is what we're thinking. I'm thinking about doing, and and or I want us to do. And for her, it's just more like, hey, as long as we're not doing ten things a day, mm-hmm. right, can we do like one or two things? Yeah, and and that's good. Yeah. And and so for me, it's just learning like, okay, um, the pace at which I want to go and the intensity at which I want to go versus what she needs. Uh, again, just working. To, it sounds like a, such a small thing, but there was, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's significant enough that mm-hmm. like, be, because we, uh, tra- uh travel, um, you know, a, a good amount, it, it's, it's, it's been a, a process to work through and, and, and now it, it's, it fits like hand in glove, but we've had to learn that. Yeah. yeah. We found a similar balance with our social calendar. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, Amy is a seven, um, mm-hmm. or it's, I'm, sometimes I think maybe she's an eight wing seven. I don't mm-hmm. know, but, <laughs> but regardless, I remember it early in our marriage, like begging her, can we please have a, a night or two a week where we're not doing something with <laughs> other people, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we had to sort of find like what, what works, mm-hmm. you know, and it, she still does sort of like hold most of that in her head. But now that like I'm doing, um, like if I'm preparing the meals or like, it's just, it's sort of just more interwoven than yeah. it used to be mm-hmm. where she would sort of like put something on there and then it's sort of like, all right, this yeah. is happening. <laughs> like yeah. this is happening. Yeah. It's not a drill people. Yeah. We've sort of found a balance in terms of conversation. Yeah. And- 
this is like reminding me of of like the last episode about like you know imagining a future with someone Mm. and it's like if imagining a future with someone you're assuming they're going to just fit nicely into what you enjoy doing (laughs) like and they are just going to keep up with your pace or like do the things you like to do that's it's probably idolatry and not a relationship yeah, yeah. because like <laughs> just listening to, you know, we all are going to be moving at different paces and yeah. like, uh, hopefully there's a lot of, yeah. Intermingling of like things that you enjoy. Yeah. But, um, and, and even like having, um, different amounts of energy for different things, yeah. you know, yeah. like that really changes person to person and task to task mm-hmm. and sort of finding that is way more important to, I think, finding happiness in settling into roles than having it sort of be prescribed or mm-hmm. even like, even like clearly divided, mm-hmm. you know, um, Amy has capacity for a relationship that is so far beyond anything that I could mm-hmm. do. Um, and at the same time, I can sort of just like plug away at physical tasks without like, I just don't really, uh, you're a machine. Well, no, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I think I, we've said this before, but like there, there's pain, it, there's pain involved. Mm-hmm. It's like, is there like, is there pain yeah. that you don't find to be very burdensome or mm-hmm. is there pain that you find to be really burdensome? Mm-hmm. And as you sort of find those things, it's like that, and that helps figure mm-hmm. out who should be doing what yeah. because it's, I don't I don't love I don't love like some of the things that I do but also I don't really mind them so mm-hmm. much and sometimes that's good enough yeah how do you navigate like uh, I'll I, I, there's an example I'll give and then I'll, maybe I'll throw it out to you Nate like um, early on uh, when we moved to Ann Arbor I you know I don't love hosting but I don't mind people coming over okay. Um, just, just a hangout, just to eat together, whatever. Um, and I'm like, if the house is just whatever, like, I don't really care. Like, I don't want it to be a mess, but I don't need to be perfect. Um, a- Amy gets really anxious about that. Mm-hmm. Like both the social anxiety and just the, the, it, and this is just in her own head, like the expectation that she puts on herself for what it means to host people. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, and we've gone through seasons where we've hosted people. I mean, we used to have newcomers reception at our house yeah. and she loved it, but at the same time it was a lot of stress. And, and there was a season where I was like, Oh, let's have people over. And it'd be a lot of stress for her. And again, like there, there's a dance between like what you want and what you need versus yeah. just kind of like, okay, so w- we, we don't, we don't have a ton of people over uh, hardly any, but we still do. But it, it, it's, it's, uh, and we've had other ways of engaging with couples or people, but it's it's not so much that area. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, wh- where's that line between um, where you want to um, help the other person stretch mm-hmm. versus when to just kind of, you know, and, and on the flip side too, I mean, she'll say too, like, yeah, Song, he's just like, he always needs to be out and about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And COVID was a big stretch for mm-hmm. me, right? Yeah. And so that, like that, that, that's what happens in a marriage. There's a push and pull. And there, there are times when you just say, okay, yeah, for the sake of your happiness and our relationship, yeah, I don't need to do this. At the same time, um, I mean, so even in some of those situations, there's a bit of both, right? Yeah. There's both acquiescing and, and giving uh, and surrendering, but also kind of pushing and stretching. Well, here's a part of, I mean, to talk a little bit more broadly about it, you know, if we kick 
back all the way to our season on the Enneagram, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things you realize is that the healthier you get, regardless of your number, the more the tools of the other numbers mm-hmm. are available to you mm-hmm. without it being as much of a stretch. Like right. people can operate dysfunctionally or some of you call it over-functioning. Yeah. I love that word. You can over-function as something that isn't natural to you, but the healthier that you get, the more access you have to the strengths mm-hmm. sort of across the board. And so that's one of the things that Amy and I have found on our own sort of personal journeys of, you know, towards wholeness and righteousness is that she is more easily able to access things like quiet and solitude and things that are unnatural to a seven or an eight sometimes. And I have been able to sort of operate, you know, outside of myself in, in ways that and making I, friends. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds, I mean, it sounds silly, but for me, that's like a huge thing, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, um, to sort of choose to be social. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I am, I have no qualms about going to bed with guests over. Mm-hmm. I just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, again, people sort of understand the life that we live and dude, legitimately, if it hits nine 30 or 10, mm-hmm. I will just apologize and say, look, I'm really sorry. Like my brain's going to wake me up at five regardless. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm just going to have to go to bed. It's been so great. And, Amy will often like just hang out with people longer. It doesn't, yeah. it, she doesn't mind. Yeah. Um, but as we've gotten healthier, we have found that we can, it's not even simply like acquiescing to the other person. It's mm-hmm. more being able to wholeheartedly engage in something yeah. that for them is a joy or a strength or a need. And it doesn't carry the same burden that it did earlier on in my life or, or in our marriage. Mm-hmm. That's like big picture. Yeah. Well, and in that too, I hear, and this kind of going back a little bit to the last episode where we're talking about uh, interdependence, there's that sense of, um, I mean, I can imagine early on in the marriage, um, if there's any kind of ple- people pleasing tendency, you, you will be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to stay up to keep Amy yeah. happy. Oh, totally. But then as you grow and mature, there's a sense of self-differentiation. Yep. Like we, yes, we are interdependent, but I am also like, yeah. I know myself yeah. mm-hmm. and I know what um, I need to care for my own soul and body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're able to d- differentiate yourself from. And she'll sort and she sort of like has also like adjusted her expectations of me to understand yeah. like, Oh, like nine thirty, ten o'clock. That's about what I get. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, you know, she would rather have me again, wholeheartedly engaged than literally just like a zombie on the couch mm-hmm. until 11 and then be like a total jerk, which <laughs> I can be if I don't get enough sleep mm-hmm. uh, like the next day, yeah. you know? So again, there's like all of it. It feels in some ways it feels so loose and so like fluid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the boundaries shift back and forth, but that really is my experience of how that the differentiation of roles works in a long-term relationship. Yeah. And I feel like what one thing that's standing out on from the outside is like, as you're talking about like, oh yeah, how far do you push someone to grow versus like, you know, kind of acquiescing. And what I'm hearing is a lot of not saying like, oh, this is how, how far this, like, you know, for you guys, like my wife pushed me to grow. It's, this is how far we each were willing to grow mm-hmm. out of love for the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like, how far can I drag you? It's like, how far are we each willing to walk toward each other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is like a different mindset. Totally. 
And I, and I think if you've been, if you've been in a relationship for any length of time, I, I think it's not an overstatement to say what we really desire is, is the wholehearted engagement of mm. our significant other. Yeah. Like you don't want someone to sort of begrudgingly engage in the activity that you're doing. Right. Yeah. And so finding that line is about saying like, what, what does wholehearted engagement look like mm. for both of us? And we sort of meet and that becomes the line and that yeah. shifts, right? Like, yeah. you know, stressful seasons, my capacity to be social or even to like have interpersonal conversations with my kids and my wife falls dramatically. Mm. And so that line gets shifted. But as I'm, you know, as I'm living into places of peace or whatever, that it shifts back into mm -hmm. a place that um, is perhaps more comfortable for Amy. But those things, you just got to be aware that the, the lines are always shifting. Yeah. Uh, this isn't so much roles, but the other thing that as you're talking about sh uh, things shifting that I've noticed, at least in our relationship, and I think in a lot of relationships early on, you, uh, you might not only come together, but, um, but early on in the relationship and in the marriage, you may have common interests, yeah. but as you grow and, and at different stages of life. Uh, because, because there's this notion that like, Oh, it's the common interests that kind of keep us together, mm -hmm. which is actually pretty shallow. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's really short lived. Yep. And if it's based on that, like, you know what, there's not going to be much to the relationship, yeah. but that, as you grow and you develop other interests and they're separate, um, maybe to a young couple that might be like, what, you don't even have common interests together, but there is an honoring that you do of each other's interests, mm -hmm. even if you're not fully interested in, let's say blacksmithing, yeah. mm -hmm. but you, you empower that person and let go of that, that, that time so that the, the other person can enjoy certain hobbies or interests that they have. And I think that's healthy and, and good for a marriage as well yeah, too. And, and even learning to take joy in sort of- In, in their joy. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Seeing them sort of succeed or grow or excel, um, that that is also like- totally healthy yeah. and normal yeah. it's better it's, it's not normal but it's very healthy <laughs> you know. it is yeah. yeah because i hear so many young people like oh yeah we love doing this together and that together and it's like that's great yeah mm -hmm. but that's not the foundation of your relationship no. mm -hmm. and, it, and it i mean it is good to have those things it is. i mean again like i think if you don't have any of those there's it's probably <laughs> healthy for you to try to find a place where you can things that you can both engage in yeah. you know and and enjoy together um, but it's true that there are a lot of there are a lot more of those things that Amy and I enjoy independently mm -hmm. than there are that we enjoy together at this stage in our marriage. And that's not it's not a bad thing. Yeah. I, I am. I love to see her get excited about something, mm -hmm. even if I don't ever really want to do it myself. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but it also means that I find the places where our interests overlap to be that much more special. Mm -hmm. You know, like we both love gardening. We both love like planting the garden. And man, like my favorite part of January is sitting in front of the fire and just like dreaming about all the stuff. <laughs> you know, half of that never comes to fruition. <laughs> but like the dreaming in January is amazing. Mm -hmm. So it makes it that much more precious. This all reminds me of like that psychological study where they put a bunch of couples in a room and one person in the couple would like point at something out the window and the like test to see if they would get divorced or stay together was like whether someone, whether the other person in the couple turned toward them or away. So it was like this idea that if you showed interest in what the other person was interested in, mm. even though it didn't matter to you at all, <laughs> if you were interested in the, in the other, the thing because of the other person, 
Um, it was like the, yeah, hmm. showing disdain or interest. Right. And it was like a mark. You're saying mm-hmm. it was like a mark of a, a marriage on the road towards yeah. longevity. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to yeah. try pointing out the window when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. Although I will say like our text, our, my text feed with Amy is full of our own observances about things just so that the other person can like be like, Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Even though, mm. you know, we're not ever necessarily doing those things together. Yeah. Uh, we, we do a lot. I mean, I want to be clear. We do a lot together, yeah. <laughs> but there's a ton of, Amy has no desire to join me in the workshop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. none. And I don't really want to start going out to coffee with her and all of her friends. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So. But being able to like appreciate and show yeah. interest. Yeah, yeah. That matters. Yeah. Wow. Well, we didn't talk about much that we said we were going to, no. but stay tuned next episode. Finance, and we might. Sex. <laughs> I mean, this is about to get real. Yeah. We're just procrastinating because we don't want to talk about oh, it. Man. Is that it? That could be. <laughs> Must be. Okay. Could be. I'm going to have to have a conversation with Amy before we tackle <laughs> either of those topics. <laughs> Give her a, a heads up. Be sure to tune in, Amy. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>